What's up, everybody? My name is Will. Welcome back to Toss the Count. All right, so before we get into this one, I want to get a little bit more interaction from you guys, okay? So I want you to either go into the comments of the post for this episode, episode three, or send a DM to Thoughts That Count Instagram page, which is at Thoughts That Count Pod. I would love to hear what you guys think about the first couple episodes. And also, I want to hear what you guys want me to talk about next. I will read all the comments, all the DMs, and I'll take into consideration, you know, what you guys want me to talk about. You know, I said it in the last episode, you know, we're building a community here that shares ideas. So, you know, feel free to tell me what you think. Tell me how you're interacting with the, the stuff that I'm talking about and what you want to hear next. But anyway, let's get into it. You know, I was thinking the other day uh, just about all the kind of weird stuff that we normalize growing up. There's so many different things that we don't even really think about until like we're older and then we realize how kind of weird a lot of the stuff that we do when we grow up is like i'm sure this will be a series that i'll continue on because there's no way i'm gonna be able to cover all this stuff in one episode and i'll also be interested to hear how these things differ across like different regions you know i know that i'll have listeners from outside of my native minnesota so i would be interested to hear kind of how these things may or may not have also been in your childhood as well if you're not from Minnesota like I am. But anyway, in this episode, we are going to talk about growing up programmed, how your upbringing has programmed you to think a certain way, and some of those things that kind of tie in and add to that. But let's start with nursery rhymes. There's so many nursery rhymes that have like these kind of weird underlying darker meanings for some reason. For example, I'm sure you all have heard of the Ring Around the Rosy one where... Obviously, that's a song or nursery rhyme about the Black Death. <laughs> like, Ring Around the Rosy is obviously talking about the symptoms of the plague. You know, a lot of times they would get rashes. Pocket Full of Posy was a flower that is supposed to ward off the disease. And <laughs> Ashes, Ashes refers to burning of the bodies and we all fall down is kind of self-explanatory, isn't it? And I'm thinking... Okay, this is <laughs> a nursery rhyme advertised to kids, and we're talking about one of the worst plagues in human history as like a fun song that you would sing <laughs> with kids. Then, of course, there's also Jack and Jill, which, I mean, there's a couple problems here. The first of which being Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. But doesn't water not only flow down, but water, if it's underground, would also be down, not up a hill, correct? Um, I could be, I guess I could be wrong there, but it seems a little suspect that Jack and Jill were going up a hill to fetch some water. Um, but I guess another way to think about it too, is I, I read that it was written about King Louis the 16th and his queen Marie Antoinette. Now I know that the names are off, but this is regarding to the time that it was written and where it originated from 1765 and in France and Jack fell down and broke his crown would refer to uh, him being decapitated by the guillotine and Jill came tumbling after would then be Marie Antoinette, who was also killed shortly after. Now, as I was doing research for this episode, I stumbled upon one that I didn't even know was, you know, controversial. And I do think it is a bit of a stretch, but of course it's one of those situations of if you're looking for something, you're bound to find it. But Baba Black Sheep, you know, I don't have to, you know, recite it for you, but 
one for the master, one for the dame, one for the little boy who lived down the lane, uh, especially in regards to wool, which is very similar to, we're all thinking it, uh, cotton oops. Now you can't be singing about that to kids, right? <laughs> but I do understand that that's a bit of a stretch and I know that that one's not really too serious, but still just interesting that these are the songs that, you know, we sing very harmlessly to children. Then those kids grow up and they turn around and they're like, wait a minute, what was I actually singing about at daycare? What was I actually being taught when I was younger? But I'll just claim this next one by saying that I don't actually think that these are inherently bad. I think these are actually good things for society and for, you know, culture growing up. But can we talk about the three big lies that parents tell their kids? Uh, And that'd be Santa, the Tooth Fairy, and the Easter Bunny. I mean, what a great way to establish trust with your kids than to, you know, fabricate one of their favorite things as a big lie. Now, obviously, I'm speaking on this with a bit of satire, but I do think that it's kind of an interesting cultural phenomenon to you know, have this kind of big thing, especially when it comes to like Santa and Easter Bunny. Those are both things that kind of outshine the religious aspect of it and focus more on the more playful, like gift giving family and friends side of it. Now, I'm sure that this is to have a more broad appeal across the nation. You know, obviously in the United States, it's not just Christians, even though we're a bit of a Christian dominant country that we choose to make these those mascots instead of, you know, Jesus to be like Santa and the Easter Bunny. But obviously I'm not going to be one to complain. Santa, quote unquote, gave me some pretty cool stuff growing up. So I can't really complain. You know, I do feel very blessed with the gifts that I received growing up. And personally, my family had a tradition of, you know, the Easter egg hunt. And I'm sure that a lot of you out there also went on Easter egg hunts, but I know my grandma made it a big spectacle to you know, hide eggs all over the house and, you know, each egg would have a different gift in it. And I remember that kind of stuff, you know, forming really fond memories in my head of Easter and the time that I would get to spend with my family as a big group. You know, I come from a big family where when all the cousins and aunts and uncles all get together, it's 22 of us in total. So when we are all able to get together, it is, you know, quite the camaraderie. But anyway, we're just scratching the surface with the kind of stuff that, you know, programs us growing up that we may not even really notice unless we consciously think about it or are told about it. But how many people around you, whether it be, you know, people you went to school with or people you work with, how many of those people are just like their parents? You know, they grow up and they're a spitting image of their parents, not only in the way that they look, but also in the way that they think as well. You know, I'm not going to go down the political route, but, but a lot of times people get their political views from their parents. And unfortunately, I think not enough people question why they think a certain way in the first place. For example, you don't have to have the same opinion as your parents. And in fact, an idea that your parents hold may not fit your life the way that it fits their life. And that's okay. There's ways to, you know, respectfully disagree with your parents while still respecting them and maintaining that relationship. But I think it is really important to be able to analyze why you think the way that you think and how those things support the broader framework of who you are as a person. Because inherently, you yourself are a unique person. You inherit a unique situation and you are living a different life from your parents. As very apparent by the times, things change and they change very rapidly. So you growing up in this time, in this era, may encourage you to consider things differently than your parents who grew up in a completely different era. Now, let me be very clear. That's not to say that you should just go and just disrespect and disagree with everything that your parents think. That's not what I'm saying. Some of your parents could be really, really great people. Some of your parents may not be the greatest people, 
but it's important to be able to analyze which parts of your parents that you can take and apply to your own life and which parts maybe just need to stay with them. Unfortunately, this is not always an easy procedure. For me growing up, I personally put my parents on a pedestal and my thought was always, you know, they know best, they know better than me. And at times this caused me to, you know, blindly follow the things that they told me. I'm fortunate because my parents are smart, caring, intelligent people, but there are times that I do disagree with them and the things that they tell me that I probably should do don't always accurately apply to my life. And though they mean well, a large part of growing up is figuring out when to take advice and how to apply it to your life. And this is actually pretty interesting because, you know, growing up, your parents will instill in you a set of values that encourage you to think a certain way and guide your decision making. However, and this can be a tough thing to conceptualize, but everything that you do and experience is seen through a lens that is developed at an early age. It's, it's developed by your experiences and your upbringing that encourage you to see things in a certain way. And I'm sure you've seen this in your day-to-day life where you disagree with somebody on something that seems so clear to you. And you're like, how can they even think this way about this issue or this topic when it seems so clear as that this is the way that you're experiencing it? Here's a specific example, uh, giving to the less fortunate. A lot of people would agree that giving to the less fortunate is a good thing to do because, you know, in a time of need, you know, people are just asking for help and giving help is a good thing. However, some people are raised on the assertion that you shouldn't give to the less fortunate because of like dumb stereotypes, like they're going to use it for drugs or some other like kind of, you know, prejudice stereotype like that. But that's their perspective. That is the way that they feel about giving. And whether it's right, wrong, or otherwise, they probably believe that that's the right thing to do based on how they were brought up. Now, do I agree with that? Not at all. I'm a generous person. I feel like if somebody's in need, then I want to be able to offer them help. Also, hold on, let's back that up a little bit. How dumb is that stereotype that if you give money to the less fortunate that they're just going to use it for drugs? That doesn't make any sense to me because that is a stereotype meant to put down somebody who's already struggling. How messed up is that? Not only that, if I'm gauging it around a lot of people around my age group, and this is not to speak for myself or condone this, but you're probably using it for drugs. What do you mean? I know plenty of people who utilize drugs in different ways. How are you going to be prejudiced against somebody who's less fortunate for using something for drugs when you yourself use drugs? Not to mention that not all people in that situation use drugs. A lot of people are using that money to feed their family, get back on their feet, stuff along that. And in my opinion, I think that that's the majority. And if you're not willing to potentially feed somebody who's hungry under the guise that they might use it for drugs, even though you don't know or have any proof that that's the case, then I think that's a wrong decision. But obviously, as I've been talking about, I was... I was raised from the perspective that giving and being generous to those in need is a good thing. And that's just not always the way that people were raised to believe. But that does bring up a great point where even if you were raised a certain way, that doesn't stop you from learning and growing and improving or considering other perspectives that might fit your life a little bit better. And that I believe is one of the most important skills to develop as you grow older is to be open-minded be open to new perspectives and consider what it would be like if you were in somebody else's position. Because a lot of times people are not very empathetic. They don't think about what it would be like because 
naturally we're kind of raised to be a bit selfish in general. It's a generalization, obviously, but but I think as a society, we need to do that more often. Consider what it is like to live in somebody else's shoes and think about perhaps why are they making the decisions that they're making? Is it legitimately because they're actually bad people and they're making decisions because they're bad? Or could it possibly be that they're just trying to look out for themselves and those around them and that's the only way that they know how to do that? But just because you were raised a certain way does not mean that you're locked into that viewpoint. It doesn't mean that you have to continue to think or believe a certain way or even behave a certain way. Because honestly, times do change, opinions do change, culture changes. And if you don't change with the times, you're bound to be left behind and you're bound to have old narratives. And as we've seen in this country, old narratives do not fit new life. Specifically, I'm talking about the hateful nature of old America. That's not to say that America didn't have good things in its past, but if you were to still believe like it's, you know, the 1800s, 1900s, you obviously would have some opinions that are outdated. And to be honest, you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast, which I think we can both admit would lead to a lower quality of life. It is pretty intriguing to me, though, the notion that people's perception is basically based on the way that they were raised as kids. If you're placed into a certain environment growing up, it's very likely that your opinions will be based upon the way that you grew up, which essentially means that similar situations can be experienced in different ways. Now, this doesn't mean right, wrong, or otherwise. It just means different. And different entails reacting to certain situations the way that you think you should based upon how you were raised. And I find it interesting how many of these things that you don't even realize that you're doing. So, for example, some people will meet awkward situations head on and, you know, just embrace the awkwardness of it. Other people will kind of laugh it off or, you know, uncomfortably. Some people will kind of, you know, look away or kind of cringe at the awkwardness of the situation. All these kind of different things are ways that they grew up that program them essentially to react to certain situations a certain way. And interestingly enough, it doesn't just apply to that. It can apply to other situations as well, whether it be situations of success or immense failure. All these kind of things are attributed to the way that you were raised and the experiences that taught you to react to things a certain way. Interestingly as well, a lot of times media will play into this too. So often the way that people play in movies will contribute to the way that people think, contribute to the way that people react to certain situations. I see this a lot in the way that relationships are played in movies. And I think honestly, this will get its own episode, but the role that media plays in relationships and the way that relationships are handled is kind of crazy actually, because people will actually base part of the way that they behave in relationships on the dramatic nature of movies. And unfortunately for real relationships, movies are literally scripted to be dramatic. And even though that those problems are apparent in the story, it's surprising how many people will apply, perhaps subconsciously, the things that they see in movies into real life relationships. Furthermore, you know, with all the stuff that we've been talking about, I don't actually think most people realize how impressionable they really are, you know, how they have grown up programmed, they have grown up influenced to think a certain way, which is kind of crazy to me that, you know, a lot of times people just don't think about this stuff. I think as you grow older, though, I think a lot of people figure out, you know, I don't really have to play into the stuff that I experienced growing up. I can be who I want to be. I can do the things that I want to do. And the people who surround me will be people who are oriented with the same goals that I have. And that's why it's important to always be yourself and be who you're going to be because people gravitate to those who are like-minded as them. 
So if this programming overflows into things that you don't actually agree with and you start to behave in a way that is conflicting with who you are as a person and conflicting with your character, you'll find discontent throughout your life because it's not actually who you are, or who you want to be. And your life will start to orient you with who you portray yourself as. But anyway, all this really to say, you know, pay attention to the ways that your upbringing has programmed who you are and be open-minded in exploring who you can be and who you want to be. Be you and be proud of who you are. Express that and show the world everything that is you. But before I wrap this up, don't forget, send in those DMs, send in those comments. I'm trying to hear from you guys. We're building up this community. I look forward to hearing everything that you guys got to say. But anyway, that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. I very much appreciate it. I hope you found something that you can add to your life or to the life of somebody around you. Please share this episode so others can hear and benefit as well. More episodes on the way. I actually started recording episode four today and it's a heater. What can I say? I think you guys are really going to enjoy it and I'm very excited for you guys to hear it. So subscribe, follow, you know, do all that great stuff. I don't got to tell you what to do. You know what to do. You know what we're trying to build here. I thank you. I appreciate you. This has been Will with Thoughts That Count. I'll see you next time.